All right, let me just roll roll the intro, and then we'll officially get started on this thing. All right, All right. go. So, hey everyone, happy Friday officially. Welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown, episode 143. 143 weekly shows, quite a, quite a lot of these. Uh, I'm joined by the one and only, is as far as I know, Emergent Reasons, or John. How's it going, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for being on, as we mentioned in the pre-show. Um, I did interview John on the um, on BCH Bull about a year ago within the last year i guess and first time for the live show but that's always fun especially because you know when looking through the news headlines and stuff um that was looking at um there's a what as far as what's new in crypto there's nothing too big everything has kind of been around when etf in like the bitcoin maxi world and i've I've taken a great interest in looking at that on the the what's not being told, talked about sides of all that. But um, but yeah, before we get get into all that, um, this is the first live show. I actually have a sponsor. Yes, Coin ATM Radar has been nice enough to do that. Let me um, throw their stuff up on the screen real quick and just talk about them. Um, yeah, so Coin ATM Radar. If you guys haven't used it, it's something that I've used in the past a lot of times. Again, we were just talking about traveling. And when I've been traveling internationally, um, it's, a, you know, I just only have crypto and it's great to always find an ATM to, um, to sell, to sell some crypto for local cash. So I could just kind of have that backup in case I can't find any place to take crypto. But, um, yeah, so obviously it's more safe and reliable than meeting a random person in a random place, you know, which is getting more and more sketchy these days. And of course, when you do buy from an ATM, you don't have the risk of an exchange freezing your funds in the same way. So definitely I'm always a fan of non-custodial options. And so yeah, find places you can sell, buy or sell your crypto for cash, sort by coin address. If the ATM supports selling as well as buying search by geo area, et cetera. And you can also compare fees from different ATMs. So coinatmradar.com. That's C O I N A T M R A D A R.com. All right. So, Let's hit this first <laughs> crazy news thing. Van Eck. Which one? Van, okay, this one. Yes. Van Eck posted. He said, we're not Bitcoin tourists at Van Eck. We're in it for the long haul. That's why we made an initial $10,000 donation and signed a pledge to donate 5% of our Bitcoin ETF profits, if approved, <laughs> which is kind of funny. They're putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but whatever, um, to support Bitcoin Core devs. Um, Bitcoin Brink um, for at least 10 years. Your tireless dedication, decentralization, innovation is the cornerstone of the Bitcoin ecosystem, and we're here to support it. More details to come. So before we jump into my take on that, I'd like to get your hot take on this. What was What's your initial reaction when you hear that Vanek is I sponsoring mean... core development? I look at this stuff from the from the outside, right? Uh, it's mostly uh, a circus for me is how I look at it. It's mostly entertainment. So, um, I mean, th there's nothing that can stop an ETF or something like that, you know, some kind of traditional finance getting involved in and trying to, to do something with uh, crypto. There's nothing that can stop that. Well, for a permissionless network. So no problem. 
I just think the the show of it is funny, right? The uh, the spectacle of uh, I mean, the the things that jump out at me are uh, one that they're trying to be like, "Hello, fellow kids," you know, <laughs> like we're mm-hmm. we're not we're we're real, and it's like, nah, no, you're not. And then five uh, percent of Bitcoin ETF profits. So I don't know what the profits are like for something like this, but they must be. Let's That's assume they're very huge. large, right? Like absolutely huge. Five percent of that core devs don't need that much to do shit, right? They're, it's a full node. Um, they're not involved in all the, the infrastructure that needs to be made. Uh, e- even assuming that they're uh, well-intentioned and, you know, a, a good organization, which they're not. But yeah, even if you assume the best, they don't need that much money. That money needs to be distributed across, you know, all the people that are making infrastructure, that are running businesses, that are uh, just a real ecosystem, right? This is just like a massive uh, attempt at centralizing and, and uh, uh, how do you say, legitimizing, right? It legitimizes the, the entrenched uh, controlled opposition is, is what it looks like to me. Yeah, and that's, it's one of those things where uh, it's a natural sort of consequence of this. And this is one thing I have been, rec- like I've, you know, lived all on Bitcoin before, obviously like, like a lot of, like a lot of B cashers and pre cashers as I call us. Right. Um, obviously it's been a while since that's, that's been something I've advocated for, but in the recent like month or two, I've become a lot more aggressive, partially to boost my Twitter numbers. Cause I got monetized on Twitter. And I want to post like when I make a big post, I actually make money off of maxi tiers. So thank you. But, um, yeah, it's 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 a shooting fish in a barrel at this point with BTC stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It. I've. Despite all that, I know a lot of people like perhaps Jeremy, who's watching the podcast right now. Hi, Jeremy, or at least part of it. Um, I know a lot of people. Um, might be bearish on Bitcoin BTC surviving and thriving in the short to medium term. And I'm are, not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they are really. I, I think like it, it's a, it's a, it's it's now its own spectacle, and and it could survive yeah. for a very long time as a spectacle. But it's not. It's nothing real anymore. It's like people predicting the fall of the American Empire, the U.S. Empire. Right, yeah, right. I mean, like you're like yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's gonna yeah, take a while. but it's not like. I mean, like when did the British Empire fall? I mean. It's, it's debatable when that happened. The, <laughs> yeah. the UK is still one of the the power brokers of the world, mm. you know, even though it's clearly not the number one or even number two or three or whatever, but it's still up there. In so, I think at this point, this is, um, I guess, this is massively bullish for Bitcoin's entrenched future in the global economy for at least ten years. It's going to be part of it, and. But it doesn't mm. matter to someone like me. But the thing is, well, the it, thing it, is it, the it'll play, be entrenched yeah. in assets, right? Yes. In assets, not in the actual economy, right? In the, the financialized economy, yes. In the actual economy, no. Yeah. It's so, so many companies and also layer two or, or other blockchain projects and stuff are going to be scrambling to find a way to 
do what Bitcoin doesn't do anymore, but for Bitcoin, at least for the denominated asset. It's just going to be around for a while. Now, is it going to perform super well price-wise compared to the rest of the things? I kind of view it like a Microsoft at this point where Microsoft got a massive first mover advantage and they just had this like this glorious decade of having their products absolutely suck but still stay on top and they're still there but like nah they're not top dog anymore now so i think that's probably a realistic trajectory for bitcoin right just it's it's there it's gonna be there for a while but you know Anyway, it just I don't depends on what you want, right? Like, what are you looking for and what are your goals? Uh, if you don't know that, then you can accomplish anything, right? Because you don't know what you're aiming for. But uh, yeah. I, I think you and I probably both agree on the uh, uh, gilded cage metaphor for, for BTC. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever the price does is fine, and that's impressive and interesting. But uh, if what you're actually aiming for is some kind of tool to help you uh, be more free, to actually avoid a surveillance state, to avoid an authoritarian state, to avoid uh, uh, all kinds of, of nasty things, CBDC. If that's the kind of stuff you're looking to to counter or avoid or get out of the way of, that kind of thing, BT BTC will do absolutely nothing for you, zero. Yeah. It won't help you there at all. Well, that's why I cranked out a really quick post on that a couple hours ago just because I knew I had to do something. Also, I knew I'd be talking about it on the show, so it helped that too. Basically just saying Bitcoin is becoming owned and controlled by institutions, talking about how the, the Van Eck thing basically is like when Blockstream sponsored a whole lot of core developers and then the Bitcoin roadmap turned into like a, a layer two scaling thing rather than a, a layer one scaling thing, and then the rest is history. No need to rehash all the block size war stuff, but basically... And there's this one point which I think is very um, interesting here uh, is, and, and I'd like to kind of explore like the different angles of this because it could mean a few different things. But I said, any crypto that doesn't fund its own development is at risk of similar capture. And so the thinking of that, obviously from Bitcoin BTC in the early days, the core team, uh, it wasn't... It, I wasn't really around much as far, like I was just starting to use Bitcoin. I didn't really know about who the core developers were, who funded them. Mm -hmm. But from what people have told me who were around the, in the day, there was like the Bitcoin foundation, there's some other stuff going on, but like there's always like a struggle to find the right way, the right mix of funding for the core team. And so then when it became a, when it became easy, it just had a, a great entry point for Blockstream, just throw a little bit of money around and take the whole thing over. And a vacuum, nature yes. hates a vacuum. Yeah. And with now, I think Blockstream has stepped off almost entirely. Like, there might be one or two devs still funded by Blockstream, but as far as I know, it's like minimal. They already got what they wanted, kind of. But now, with Van Eck, like the amount of money that Van Eck is putting in versus the amount of money that was already in funding development, it's just colossal. It's like absolutely not even like 99 to 1%. It's just like, it's even bigger than that. And so there's there's a lot of cryptos that have self-funding mechanisms, but even the ones who don't have something explicit, like in the code base, uh, I think it's every project needs some kind of a system going for funding development where you don't have this thing 
you know, happening. And so um, one thing that I've been meaning to do like a deeper dive into is like, for example, the Bitcoin Cash teams, how those dev teams are funded and already just having a flip starter, which is a system kind of is already way better than anything else where it has like the, what is it? The, um, doesn't have the sunk, trying to think about the sunk cost fallacy or whatever it is that it, it removes by being able to just get funded when everyone donates and you don't have to. It's an assurance contract. Yeah. So, um, do you honestly see this kind of a thing being like a threat in the future for something like, for example, Bitcoin cash, where, I mean, there is a, there's a mechanism for the donations, but as far as like, let's just say a company like, I don't know, say Coinbase decides to be like, you know what, we're going to be funding like 50% of each of these dev teams things. And then like, start pushing, influencing the teams in a direction away from competing with base their L2 for Ethereum, for example. Like, do you see that as a, as an, uh, a threat or do you, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a threat for anything. I mean, there's no such thing when you, when you get into the world of money, right? It's like Game of Thrones kind of world. There's, there's, uh, there's going to be pain involved, right? And and subterfuge and and competition and winning and losing. It's not a uh, it's not a kumbaya uh, place to live, and that's just a natural thing. So yeah, absolutely, everything is under threat all the time uh, mm -hmm. because there's there's a lot of wealth and power involved in the whole picture. So yeah, absolutely. And I think actually, if I step back a little bit. What we realized that uh, in the Bitcoin Cash ecosystem, if, if I uh, speak for the whole thing, which I don't, but if I try to, um, mm -hmm. we've been in a lot of fights and uh, a lot of those we didn't choose ourselves, right? But, but anyway, we've been in them and part of that is because we have a very clear vision of where we're going, which is very close to the original Bitcoin ideas, right? Like global money for the world. Mm -hmm. It's not that complicated, right? Um, which means everybody, as many people as possible, as much commerce as possible, all direct with no uh, intermediaries and all that stuff. So we have that vision. And yeah, that's uh, when you have a, a pretty clear vision, you end up uh, needing to cut off certain avenues. And what we've learned overall is that it's not just about the money. Money is part of it. It's mm -hmm. that the social layer is is there and it's very very real you know people who imagine like oh it's just tech it's just technology it's, i just i'm interested in the technology that's all i care about is nonsense that doesn't exist right uh especially when you get into something like money networks they're extremely social structures and so there's the technology there's the uh there's the social layer as well and that's something bitcoin cash has realized it's very real and very important and part of that is funding Part of that is that real people have real needs and incentives that they follow. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, so funding is part of that. Flipstarter helps to fill that need with, as you said, assurance contracts. And it's an open source uh, system. It's not a platform of something that can be owned. It's just a technology that anyone can deploy anytime to get permissionless funding for whatever kind of project they want to do. So yeah, there's the funding aspect, but then there's more than that. There's the social part which is uh, as, as we have the chip process, the cash improvement uh, process. And that, that, that's another aspect which, which we could also talk about. But yeah, I'd say that the whole social layer is extremely important. And 
people in crypto who have never been in a in a hard fight uh, probably don't realize how nasty it can get. Um, but yeah, it, it's very real, and money is part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's something that I think um, we kind of touched on the the cyber hornets thing, which obviously say like that guy makes you cringe so hard. But um, obviously the illusion the illusion in this thing for cyber hornets or things like that is you have to have a strong community and one thing i think we forget is these are these are machines that take that a a system right like a a decentralized blockchain for example is a system mm -hmm. that you put inputs into and it produces the best outcomes but you need inputs you need some inputs first of all but you also hopefully need good ones too and so the like for example if you could have a structurally decentralized network like a bitcoin any bitcoin fork or whatever and then just like bitcoin sv structurally is probably very similar to bitcoin cash as far as like the technical difficult you don't think so no, anymore it's extremely different no they changed a lot of know. shit yeah. They, they uh, <laughs> well, it's, uh, they went off on a on a on a religious tangent, and, and I mean that, and not in a positive religious way, but in a, the yeah. worst religious way of like uh, following fake Toshi and whatever techno. Yeah, well, I guess that's my point. Is when the actual fork happened, comparing the code bases was probably extremely similar, but then the practicality of what happened afterwards turned out to be very different. Where. First of all, the, the world starts centralizing around one person and then that person's company and end chain and all that kind of stuff. And then over time, that starts to bleed into protocol changes as far as repossessing no, coins. It was, like all in, it was all in chain and in geek from the, from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It was all them, the BSV stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that how to get... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I can give I can give an example about the uh, uh, mm -hmm. the social layer issues. So if you look at BTC World today, I don't keep up so much because, like I said, it's mostly entertainment for me. But of it's um, it's a bit sad, right? Because I see a lot of well-intentioned people um, in the space, and they have the right idea, they have the right words, they have the right marketing, and they have the right like talking points. But they don't realize that what they're working with can't achieve any of the stuff that they're talking about. And the reason they don't understand it is not because of the technology. So there's uh, SegWit as a soft fork, which is horseshit, trash tier engineering that went into BTC. But, you know, whatever, people love it. But forget about that. Imagine it was even great. Um, and there was uh, Taproot and that kind of stuff. But it's not about the technology. That's not the reason why it's not going to work for them and they don't understand it because they still don't see the social layer as being what it is. And so you look at the CTV guys, uh, Poly D and Moon Settler and others, and then the, the ordinals and the inscription guys and all that stuff. And they're, they're just fighting amongst themselves in this red versus blue kind of battle, you know, where they're mm -hmm. like, you guys suck. No, we're better. You guys suck. And, but none of them are actually talking to the people who matter. Right. Um, mm. The ones who actually make the decisions for BTC, there's like two, three, four people on the face, and there's maybe fewer than that behind them. I don't know, but but that's it. And then they just can't, they can't quite, they can't quite accept it. 
that it's really just like a handful of humans that they need to talk to, to convince mm -hmm. who are really actually in control of what happens with BTC. And then yeah. they just can't accept that. And so until that, they can accept that, they, they're going to focus on all these other wrong things. And that's where the circus emerges is all this, this kind of uh, detachment from reality of, of how decisions are made in BTC. Yeah, it's actually become a little bit more transparent in some cases than that, where I have heard the line in the maxia maxi violence kind of arguments of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, sa of the same of the 10 podcasters. And it's not it's not a ten specific podcasters, but basically just saying like it's not real Bitcoin unless it's not there's no consensus unless the same the ten podcasters talk about it. They've been mockingly saying that, right? Is in yeah. Oh, but but even that is cope, right? They're like yeah, ten, it's, and it's it like cope. no, it's like three, <laughs> it's like three or yeah. four, and it's not the podcasters, right? The podcasters are a reflection. The podcasters and influencers have correctly identified who makes the decisions and who makes the calls and they've aligned with them, but that doesn't mean that they're the ones making the calls. Yeah, absolutely. And the, it's kind of interesting to tell because you do see certain narratives start somewhere and then go oh, yeah. and then you see a change in narratives. And I guess I was one of the earlier, maybe not the earliest person to notice this, but like people forgot like Blockstream's liquid was a complete joke. It didn't exist in this great segue by the way, but it was a Still joke. Like and then all of a sudden I saw like one or two people mention it. Well, there's always that. And if lightning's not working with these high fees, what if we tried this? And then all of a sudden the influencer, cause there's so many influencer accounts out there that are all trying to get those sweet, sweet Elon bucks for, you know, posting mid journey generations every day or whatever. Uh, all of a sudden, just like the flip, like the script, the NPC thing kind of hit. And then I saw uh, one person in particular who's a, I guess, a retired um, OnlyFans creator who ended up becoming a pro red pill, you know, influencer kind of, you know, there's all of that kind of like the carnivore thing and the, the all that right, stuff. Okay. But, you know, a, a complete just like, I would lovingly say grifter, right? Just like a, just a person that just jumped onto the next thing. And then I just saw her randomly respond, you know, Blockstream's liquid is so, or liquid is such a good something to shill liquid. I'm just like, you know about, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I'm seeing yeah, how this yeah. works. I see that? it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see. You don't know what liquid is. Someone told you this, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, the same was the true back in the day when Peter McCormick appeared, he was nobody. He was down on his luck. He was falling apart at the seams and uh, he was a mess, an absolute mess, but he uh, decided mm -hmm. to get into uh, whatever it was. And I remember him, like, I remember him shopping around. Uh, so he would come around like RBTC back in mm -hmm. the day, you know, around the time of the split. And he's like, tell me about this Bitcoin cash thing. And he's like, try to figure it out. And he's like, but then he eventually he, he keyed on to like, oh, okay, okay, okay. All the money is in BTC. And he just poof, he just disappeared out of everywhere else and uh you know he went all in on on uh what bitcoin did and all that stuff yeah that, that, yeah they're, they're not the leaders they're the they're the talkers and they align with uh whatever the direction is whether that's through money or just through recognizing the where the wind is blowing yeah for sure uh there's a um jeremy did comment something on the youtube thing he says it is 10 specific podcasters 
One guy made a post saying he wouldn't agree to change BTC unless these 10 people agree, and he listed them. Uh, I'd like to compare. I've heard variants of that. I'd like to actually compare and see how many people have listed those 10 podcasters and said they won't. Because from my recollection, again, I scroll through lots of info. I don't pay a lot of close attention to anything in particular until it shows up on the show. But I could have sworn most of the people talking about 10 podcasters were were talking it derisively. They weren't saying, I these are the 10 podcasters that I personally actually listened to. Which, that's that's true. No, it, it's circus. It's 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 bullshit. Yeah. So if you, uh, Jeremy uh, from the Bitcoin Cash podcast, very correctly yes. identified and predicted what would happen with mm-hmm. um, uh, Paul Stortz and uh, Peter Todd. So the, Paul, there isn't enough consensus more, thing. Well, Paul has more correctly identified than others that there is a ring that needs to be kissed. He gets it to some degree, right? He he's kind of accepted that i don't know if he really gets it but he 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 seems to have understood it at some level and uh he went to kiss the ring right so he had this debate with peter todd um and peter todd just thrashed him just spanked him in public right Mm -hmm. just made a mess out of out of uh, both his arguments so like fucked around with with paul's arguments and made nonsense out of them um, but then also but he just demonstrated worse. like, no, it's not happening. Look, I told you it's not happening. It's silly. And, uh, and that's where the real power is, right? Is those people who can make decisions. And then the ones who have the relationships with miners, which is hilarious because on the surface, right? The BTC ecosystem, uh, they denigrate miners, right? They talk shit about miners all the time. They're like, oh, they're like the security guards or something. They, they, they really try a lot to about the hash down. going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just magic. It's the God-given right. Yeah. So, but the ones who have the relationship with the miners and the pools are the ones who actually establish, right, that uh, even if not some people like knots or some people like some other node, no, core is the one that's doing the work. And they know <laughs> that that's actually how the BTC consensus is established and, and held, mm-hmm. right, is, is who's running what node and what rules. So yeah, there, there's two faces to that whole thing. There's the public spectacle, which mm-hmm. is entertaining and funny. And then there's this very dirty uh, top end of BTC that, that kind of stays out of the picture and stays out of the red versus blue fray. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm about done with BTC. I don't like talking about it that much. It's just entertainment, but then too yeah. much of it, and it's like, ugh. The entertainment is great. So yeah, um, the price might go to the moon, but it's never going to achieve anything at all that I'm interested in, right? There's yeah. there's lots of stocks and there's uh, plenty of uh, currency, you know, FX you can do. There's stock exchanges. There's all kinds of derivatives. There's all kinds of things you can do in the world to try to make um, money, which is fine. But that's all yeah. they're going to do for you, right? It's not going actually going to accomplish anything. So I like for to me, focus on for the things me, that are actually Bitcoin, do Bitcoin is BTC is the new S and P five hundred. It's just like it just no. It's much worse than S and P because no. S and P companies <laughs> do something. They do yeah, something, but right? I'm, they do something useful. I'm saying Most, some like of them for for like the mental thing. It's the thing that I mean the S and P five hundred. Like investing in that doesn't really. It's like, an asset. Yeah, it's the same thing, yes. and it's also transitioning probably to becoming the boring one, right? That like institutions throw their stuff into, and it's like, eh, you know, it's just 
Like it's not a world shaker anymore, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just a, it's a beanie baby at this point. It's a collector's item and it might, Mm -hmm. uh, it might last for a very long time, but it doesn't actually do anything anymore. Well, before we hit on the, the liquid wallet thing, which I thought was hilarious too, um, (laughs) just for like a real quick, cause this could be forever. What do you think about the whole ordinals thing? Because it seems like ordinals came in from anti-maxi people kind of explicitly to throw a monkey wrench in the maxi world and force a question. And it's clearly upset a lot of the laser eyes, but also because of the money it generated, it seems to have staying power. But like, just what's your real quick hot take on that? I just think it's another part of the circus. I think it's hilarious. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think a lot of BTC people haven't accepted yet. So... (laughs) Uh, how do I say it? You know, in any red versus blue yes. um, fight, uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be caricaturization going on where each side has some valid point and some silly point, you know, like some some extremism to it and then some valid stuff to it. And mm-hmm. the part that gets looked at and that gets elevated on each side is the the extremism, the caricature part of it. And uh, on the ordinal side, the the funny thing is it really is the, the bsv guys came in and they're like oh let's do this <laughs> you know I mean? mm-hmm. btc is now a data carrier like we always wanted and they're like let's do this let's let's build up all these infrastructure and wallets and make it easy to use because they're actually they're not bad at that um so so they, they they came up with the wallets and all this other stuff and they're building it up and and then, yeah, it hyped up for whatever reason, and it's BTC, so there's a huge number of people looking at it. So, yeah, but uh, the BTC, the BSV element of that, I think, is absolutely hilarious. And uh, and then on the other side, you know, they're like, no, 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 Bitcoin is a financial network. It's for money. And, you know, you know, BCH and all the pre-cashers or whatever it is that you say, everybody's like, oh, Ryui, tell me more about, <laughs> about money. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, but, but on that side, right, they... Um, they think uh, inscriptions are evil and, you know, they want to go back to the, the pure and good Bitcoin, whatever, the golden age. <laughs> I don't know what is in their minds, but mm-hmm. they just can't accept that inscriptions are possible and incentivized heavily because of the shit tier engineering that went into the BTC stuff, that went into the mm-hmm. BTC upgrades, because that's like a religious point for them, right? The BTC is so pure and it doesn't get upgrades. It doesn't change. It's it's a immaculate conception. Yeah, but it's changed so much and it's had some really bad changes happen to it, right? Like this big bug that went into it. Like Luke Jr., the other day he came on my one of my threads like out of nowhere and he's like, you liar. Because I called him out as like, you were responsible for inscriptions basically. You know, you didn't catch the bug that Greg mm-hmm. and Peter and whoever else put into it. You didn't catch it. Why didn't you catch that? And he's just like, mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah there's just, cat. there's just, there's just so much silliness on, on both sides of it. And neither one of yeah. them are really getting to the point. So, well, let's hit on this other point of silliness. Cause it is pretty funny. Um, so uh, speaking of like the, the way things have shifted as far as like the narratives, I have noticed part of those 10 podcasters or whatever have been shilling this new wallet called aqua. Um, and then, okay. oh, God. It, especially BTC sessions, 
has been saying, oh, yeah, it's, best. it's the most easy user, like, recommend. My grandma can use it. I think they even use that. Anyway, this fellow ah. right here says, I'm a little puzzled. Am I the only one that finds Aqua Bitcoin very confusing, a little misleading, and definitely something my grandmother would never know how to use? And it <laughs> says, when I receive a payment from a Lightning wallet, Aqua swaps it on the Liquid Network, and I receive LBTC. Am I right, or am I missing something? And then you're right. That's how it works. Every Lightning Network payment is a Lightning Network to LBTC swap via bolts. And then <laughs> to his credit. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. What does that mean exactly? Seth for privacy said, wait, what? Aqua Bitcoin is just moon, but using liquid. Uh, that's not yeah. a Lightning wallet and only continues to work if liquid fees stay low long term. Doesn't, see, doesn't seem clearly communicated to all users. Why the need to fake Lightning for users? So let me just let you have a stab at that last sentence why the need oh. to... <laughs> that's extreme i mean that's like <laughs> wow yeah how, how much easier can you make it thanks for the, the setup the no i mean the, the reason is lightning uh could never work as a general scaling solution that's mm -hmm. what we have been saying it was used as a i posted a, a tweet recently that uh it was elevated uh artificially elevated to a position of this is a scaling solution because everybody could see that fees were going to go through the roof. So this isn't, and I'm talking like 2016, 17, right? Not, not recently. Yeah. It's been going for a long time. So the reason uh, people fake lightning is because it doesn't work. And if people think it works, it's because they're doing it in a very, very limited box, like with them and four of their friends. Like I know a guy, I won't say where, but I know a guy who, who pushes it all the time. And it's like, no, 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 you're, you're using it with like five people that you know. Of course it works there because you're only connected to each other. You're all connected to one hub and you're just going through like back and mm -hmm. forth between the hub with each other. But it doesn't actually work as a global uh, scaling solution. So the reason they're faking it is because it doesn't work. And a business wouldn't be dumb enough to build their business on Lightning Network because it's unreliable. It's dangerous. They'll end up getting rugged. It's expensive. Uh, to, to, you know, for, to make channels and close channels for users. Uh, there's a huge risk for them, counterparty risk, because if, uh, not exactly counterparty, but if their users are setting up channels and then their users get rugged by a mm -hmm. forced closure or something like that, then, you know, they're on the hook for it or the customer will think they're on the hook for it, et cetera. It's easy. The reason is it doesn't work. That's why they fake it. Yeah. And there's, it's a very clever kind of thing to use like a submarine swap to basically on chain to whoever and then they send the lightning payment out on your thing the th thing is i think like what's going on here there's nothing well i don't say there's nothing but it's not necessarily what's going on that's wrong it's the deception about it that's wrong whereas the moon wallet was if you remember jack Mahler's and his yo and that whole thing you know, non-custodial moon wallet because it doesn't use lightning at all. It just is an on-chain wallet. And as soon as fees got to like $4 or something, which is not that high for Bitcoin these days. But as soon as it got up to that, then all of a sudden people are like, why am I paying $4 to use lightning? And it's like, oh, it was a LARP. It was a fake. It could have just been an on-chain wallet with RBF disabled or whatever to be like instant in, you know, whatever. But it they had to just add lightning at the end so you could pretend like you're using lightning. Now this is the same thing, but it goes into the li liquid network, which let's be honest, I have not used and I probably, 
I will use it at some point just to say I, I tried it. But Liquid it's, Network is literally owned by Blockstream. It's like, what? Yes. <laughs> they the point control is, the keys. LBTC is definitely, it's not, so Lightning, at least it's like a you got a two-way multi-sig, right? With two people, and then you're connected to more people and more people, and you just kind of update the bounces across there. At least there's some kind of like a semblance of there's real Bitcoin involved because you okay. can force close and whatever. Uh, yeah. Liquid is not that at all. It's with the IOU <laughs> stuff, which may have been exaggeration talking about Lightning, is definitely not an exaggeration talking about Liquid because... Yeah. right. And I did read some of the Blockstream documentation. You can run your own Liquid node and bridge Bitcoin in. Anyone can do that. But you cannot bridge Bitcoin out unless you, without express permission of one of the Federation signatories, which are, you know, it's not public necessarily who they are, and it's not permissionless. They need the existing signatories to let a new one in or whatever. So I just like call it, it's like the Hotel California. You can put your Bitcoin in, but you can never leave. So... That's what we're dealing with is, let's just say, like, oh, I, like, I'm Mr. Cypherpunk Bitcoiner. I run my own little lightning node at home. And I'm like, oh, let me pay your Aqua wallet. And then it goes zap in and then they get not real Bitcoin, paper Bitcoin, that they can't convert to real lightning or on-chain, whatever you want to call it. They can't even do, they can't do that. And it's, it's it like- paper- if it were paper and IOU on some kind of nominally permissionless network, that would be uh -huh. one thing. It would be like, okay, you know, like with with Thorchain or Maya or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. okay, that's nominally permissionless, and it's it's an IOU to some degree, but that's different. <laughs> but the liquid stuff is literally owned by Blockstream. It's it's not like it doesn't come anywhere close, to, as you said, qualifying as as real Bitcoin in any. Yeah, and let me actually... Regardless gonna, of the technicals of it. I'm going to put up on the screen here from the Aqua Wallet um, something that I... The screenshot of the app. It just some like, you know, it launched today on Bitcoin Genesis Day. It's only like a two-day-old wallet. So, but it's already got... So, if you look at their UX here, right? It's, it says Aqua, Bitcoin price, whatever. And the Bitcoin price on the screenshot is like $89,000 or something like that, which is... It's never been that high. It's clearly just trying to like get in people's minds that, oh, it's going to go up. But anyway, right. they have a savings account and a spending account, right? Savings account is L1 on-chain Bitcoin. And then the spending account, it has a drop droplet icon and with a lightning bolt in it. And it says layer two Bitcoin. And it says lightning and liquid. How the, like no offense, but like, we already covered why, by the way, but how the hell can you have lightning and liquid in the same balance? It's not the same thing at all. They're radically different networks and things. You can't combine a balance of two, but that's because it's purely, it's all liquid. But just liquid, you can bridge out to lightning if you need to, but it's all liquid. And they're kind of like, oh, it's just layer two Bitcoin. It's not like, here's the... The Blockstream long game is really coming, coming in right now. You know, <laughs> this is crazy. It, it's 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 silliness. Um, you know, there's a my favorite phrase um, is uh, uh, the old, very very old phrase, "ex falso quod libet," um, mm -hmm. which is you know from falsehood, 
follows the the full form is like from falsehood follows anything right and or an explosion mm-hmm. of things and all this stuff that's going on is the explosion part of uh of the nonsense that was that was established back in you know 2015 16 17 this whole idea that that bitcoin can't scale and that uh this this pretty well designed you know satoshi wasn't uh, infallible and made a bunch of mistakes um wasn't perfect uh but it's also uh, the, the, the general design that, that he came just, up with just kidding i'm no. trolling I'm purely trolling <laughs> the here. general design that he came up with was was very good and it scales yeah. very very well the whole idea that l1 I, can't scale alone is just like from that from that falsehood that was established there's just such an explosion of nonsense lightning liquid fediment um uh, what else is there anyway all the nonsense that's going on with btc right it's just like okay whatever <laughs> just uh, it's really yeah, and not, I, I have to say not just BTC because there have been, so the number, the top used by just about every reliable metric I can find, you can't really be sure about this stuff, but the top used digital cash coin today seems to be Litecoin because it's got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of transactions a day these days. Um, like what is it? A uh, BitPay has Litecoin as the number one payment option over Bitcoin these days. BitRefill shows a pretty good chunk. There's a lot of things that seem to point in that direction because, again, it works very similar to Bitcoin, except the confirmation times are faster and the fees are still below one cent. And For now. Yes, for now. Well, that's the thing. Well, Litecoin bought into the Bitcoin scaling roadmap as far as, well, we have four times the capacity because of the faster blocks, but we're going to do SegWit. We have a Lightning Network too, all this other stuff. And Decred is sort of the same thing. I don't remember what Decred's on-chain capacity is right now, but their whole thing was like, we're basically like a a DAO governance version of Bitcoin, but we're still going to L2 scaling and stuff. Then you have even... Monero's a little bit fishier because as far as I know, because of the adaptive block size and stuff like that, Monero is just a big block coin. However, Mm -hmm. a lot like Fluffy Pony and some other people in the past have talked about L2, oh, you will need that to scale eventually. And the worst one, of course, is Ethereum. Because Ethereum, and this has been something that's, it's almost more sinister because it became, it, it was quieter. The L2 scaling roadmap of Ethereum has, I've seen over time, like everyone talked about execution sharding is going to happen. It's going to help scale Ethereum on chain, all this kind of stuff. And that's left the roadmap. And as far as I know, there's never been any discussion of it or why. Pretty much just Justin Bonds, who's, you know, a great, great dude, and he's very hard-headed, noticed this. And just entirely the whole, like, well, you know, you know, you can't scale. Like, everyone just accepts this falsehood of you can't scale on-chain. And I understand if someone came up with this idea after they saw Ethereum start hitting some bottlenecks. But this was far before Ethereum even existed, as far as I remember, that this started to come out. And then they just like, okay. And so Ethereum is just L2 scaling, like all these other independent, basically corporate-owned blockchains are what people actually use instead. And as far as I, like the vast majority of the space, as far as capital and users, is under this falsehood right now, is under this regime. And it's pretty mind-blowing if i'm honest 
Maybe, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw it happen very firsthand uh, starting around 2014, right? I mean, it just slapped you in the face and we didn't understand, like I said, how important the social layer was at, at that time, right? The way I like to say it is um, those of us who want to see literally, you know, permissionless money standing toe to toe with the fiat standard of, of the world, um, you know, talking about, oh, it can't scale. It's like, hold up. Like that's, that's a, that's a no go right there. We have to find a way to scale things, right? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, then, then you've failed. Um, because you, you won't be able to reach the world. You won't be able to run an economy. You won't, you won't be able to do meaningful commerce or finance. So, yeah, no, it has to be able to, um, the, the whole L2 scaling thing was established back then. And that's why uh, probably you and I have a similar view about the gilded cage of BTC mm -hmm. um, and, and others as well. Like you're saying, it's not only isolated to BTC, but just this whole idea. And that's the, the, the castration of, of Bitcoin. You know, the, 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 it's, it's, had, it's been defanged, right? As soon as it becomes an asset, it fits right into the traditional legacy finance. It's not a threat. It's not going to cause any problems. It's not going to make any waves. It might make little waves. It might make a few people rich and a few people lose some money, but nothing's actually going to change with it. And so that that started happening way back, like 2014 and, and on. Uh, that That's beginning of that very pernicious narrative that you, know, you can't scale. It's an asset. It's gold. Uh, that's such a pernicious thing that has just permeated a lot of uh, of crypto and it's very sad to see but yeah th there's a lot of people who see through it and and i think we're going to make it eventually anyway we'll make it happen yeah absolutely and the thing that is both brutal but also is the saving grace in the end is the free market because the free market is undefeated and decides all and <laughs> one thing's for sure is the user does not care the end user of these things does not care about scaling roadmaps or on chain they, they don't just does it work or not does it do what i want and the, the dark side of that is that's like the wallet of satoshi kind of thing which is um they'll just download a custodial fully custodial fake app as long as it just lets them do what they want but the thing is it's not just like a righteousness fight the reason why we don't build on shaky foundations of sand of centralization custodial things is because eventually you can't do what you want with those like in the u.s yeah and this finally came out today to the end user of course not everyone saw wallet of satoshi's announcement they said that they're no longer servicing u.s customers because of stuff i saw it a lot of people are always on twitter saw it but most of their users didn't see it and all of a sudden i'm, I'm seeing all these screenshots pop up saying hey it says not available in your country what the hell it's like there you go and eventually they're going to use, you know, again, another shout out to someone who does not sponsor the podcast, Celine Wallet, right? They're going to download something like Celine Wallet that just works. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it just works. And they're going to be like, why is this Bitcoin worth not the same as the other Bitcoin? Okay, we get past that. Then it's still, then it works. Once you get past that little thing, then it's just like, I can send, I can receive. It works. It came in here. It did that. And at the end of the day, like, who's going to be, messing around with like these weird liquid wallet thingies if it just the user experience is not the same like it's a temporary problem because everyone wants bitcoin everyone says oh bitcoin well, but it's a temporary i'll tell problem. you the answer I'll, I'll tell you the answer to that though the, the answer is um there are very very entrenched interests of all kinds 
that don't want something to, to rock the boat, don't want anyone to really rock the boat of the system, how the system works. And I don't mean like some kind of miniature cabal of, of uh, you know, horned goatee people. I just mean there's a, a huge number of entrenched interests that want things to be the way they are. And uh, yeah, something that can actually change the game is scary and not really a good thing and, and subject to uh, you know, permission. It, it needs to be wrapped up and controlled, uh, whatever it is. And that's what's happened with these things. And the reason people are going to use it is because that wrapping up and control process involves making things illegal and, you know, uh, uh, regulated so that it's not possible. And so mm -hmm. the, the walls are going up. The walls are going up uh, higher and higher and faster between uh, legacy finance and anything that's actual crypto, like native crypto, right? Those walls are going up and those walls are KYC, AML, um, FATF, all of those kind of things is what's going to happen. And as soon as it becomes even, you know, like vaguely, maybe it's illegal, huge number of people will fall off, right? Because even if it's a pain in the ass to have your bank account and have your shit get checked every time you try to make a transfer and you try to withdraw cash and they're like, why do you need that? And you're like, why the fuck do you need to know why I need that? And, and so forth, like people will deal with that as soon as soon as they're told, hey, you might get in trouble, they will uh, comply, most people will comply. And that's the reason people will deal with bad user experience. And that's why it's really important to get as many people as possible on the native crypto, you know, like actually using it, doing commerce, doing business, doing finance with crypto directly. Um, because if you can't, um, you know, the adoption of or, or the 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 evolution of financial system from the fiat standard to something better could be delayed by years, decades, centuries, who knows how long. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th there's real consequences to, to screwing this up and not doing it well. Well, one thing's for sure, people use cash because it makes sense. And people will use digital cash, even an illegal digital cash, just like, I mean, people were threatened with prison and stuff for file sharing. For something so small as I want to watch this movie without buying the whole thing, and yet people did it. People continue to, and they will for in this large time. numbers. In yes, large, large numbers, numbers, right? That requires very large numbers of people to happen because as soon as there's enough people involved, it becomes politically infeasible to 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 you know to arrest everybody or to imprison or to fine everyone. It becomes politically infeasible. The social layer not technically they could you know charge everyone if they wanted to but with money it's different right um mm -hmm. for whatever reasons it's not been as uh as viral as as things like viral file sharing so yeah, yeah you know it, why? It's, uh, there's because still room to uh to improve in a lot of the developed world you still have cash and even when you don't you can venmo someone or use some payment ads and you can do 99.99% of what you want to do with that. There's like... The well, and you're also that... forced into it. You're forced yeah. to, to climb the wall. You're forced into setting up bank accounts. And everybody's like, oh, well, it's all done already. I already have it. It's so easy. And it's yeah. like, hold up. Cut all those things out. Cut out the bank. Cut out the credit cards. Cut out all the those custodial services that you're using. And then see how easy your life is. It's a huge pain in the ass. And then try to get back Believe into the system. And they're like, oh, no, you can't have an account. You can't have a credit card. Yeah, rich people are served well by legacy finance. Yes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, guess what time it is? It's Relatively rich people. It's shill o'clock. So let's talk nice. about um, BCH Bull. Let me throw that on the screen real quick. 
So, bchbull.com and be the bull, new frontier in decentralized finance. We already did a whole podcast about this, but might as well hit your little elevator pitch. Yeah, sure. So, uh, like I was saying, uh, come and use crypto, be on the leading edge of actually making a difference uh, and making money. So with Bitcoin uh, Cash and BCH Bull, you can get on there, you can uh, basically save money. Uh, if you want to save in terms of gold or US dollars or euro, whatever it is that you think is you know stable, if that's what you're looking for, you can get on BCH Bull and get stability in crypto without having to step out into legacy finance. If your thing is speculation, you know, longing and shorting, it's really the same thing. And you can do that on there also. So you can do it non-custodially, on-chain, L1, fast. Everything just works. There's no account. You don't have to give it your email. You don't have to tell it who you are. There's none of that stuff. You just get on there and use it. Nice. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of people kind of hedging to get there to stabilize their finances on that kind of stuff. And um Cool little graphic on the <laughs> pinned on the the site with a the and is that was that a runway animation or is that something else? Just which one? Oh, I can't see the, it. The bull, uh, the the pin tweet on the the, the Twitter account. The, the oh, this is all AI like, stuff. It's all it's yeah. all AI generated. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. I've been, you know, I'm some something of a an AI generator myself. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and stuff. and with the with the BCH bull stuff. Um, when we were talking about uh, funding projects before, right? Like getting funded uh, mm -hmm. with Flipstarter or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but one of the things about having a project and making commitments with the project or like a business, you, you, you receive investment and then you make commitments to, to achieve certain things or to grow the business and whatnot. And when you make those commitments, but your, your underlying capital, if your underlying capital, like our company, General Protocols, is literally crypto, we operate entirely on crypto, when that's the case and that volatility can can really be scary right mm -hmm. uh, the purchasing power can be very volatile and so bch bull and lets you stay in crypto without having to go out to legacy finance and get whatever kind of stability you want so that's very valuable so when joel when you say hedging for your users that basically means savings you can go on there and be like okay i'm going to fix the usd uh, value of it and this is different from going into custodial stable coins which could get rugged at any moment or get permissioned or whatever else can happen with them. Yeah. And that's one of those things where uh, stable coins are a giant important adoption tool right now, but people really don't see the risks of them. And you're really playing with fire with, well, with stable coins. Yeah. yeah. With Luna, especially we all saw that. <laughs> and then, then all like obviously USDC and then BUSD with the whole, like get that thing getting shut down. And then, Seems like if you you better save in Tether. <laughs> God. Anyway, I don't want to go in there because Tether is its own kind of thing. All right. So people could follow you on, um, obviously, there's the, BA, the BCH underscore bull account. But then also, um, I can't remember off the top of my head. You're can emergent underscore reasons or just no, emergent No, no, just emergent reasons, one, one word on me. Nice. So you got the whole thing. I think it didn't fit or something. So <laughs> what are what are the emergent reasons for using that that name? Oh, so I don't know. That's just always been my favorite word since uh, forever ago. The, just the word emergent, because yeah. uh, I, I I don't know. I, whenever you ask why about something, you know, there's always an answer, and then you can always ask why again, and and uh, it's kind of a fractal. Uh, recursive thing you can you can always ask why and understand more 
and at the roots of any thing that you see, there's, there's an infinite amount of history behind it or a huge amount of history behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very hard to, to really think you understand something. There's always something deeper to understand. Yeah, it, I think it's a great catchphrase to just like slip into conversation, see if people are paying attention. <laughs> you know, they're like, I think I'm going to have to go to bed soon for, you know, emergent reasons or <laughs> just <laughs> see if anyone gets on with that. No, it's just my my personal uh, like uh, mm-hmm. pet pet word, I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, everyone, follow him on X and other stuff. Use BCH Bull. Thanks for watching. Go check out Coin ATM Radar if you want to buy from ATM in the place that's not Japan, apparently. And yeah, like, should, subscribe. Yeah, I'd like to hear from them sometime. Yeah, like, subscribe, and all the other fun stuff. And then you're going on the BCH podcast in like 15 minutes yeah. or, or less. Right? Yeah, I'm going to be over there in a minute. Yeah. Yes, so on X, which is the best place to be right now, but go to the BCH podcast, and that's Jeremy's handle, and just follow him. And just if you like what um, what John's been chatting about, there's going to be more fun stuff, but probably less maxi bashing on that show for now because yes, yes. that's only only so much a man can gonna, do in a day. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shower before I go over there and have yes. a talk about what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fantastic. It's good well, to talk we'll with you, Joel. Thanks for your time, man. Yep, thanks for being on. Everyone, happy Friday. Happy weekend. Have a good one, and I'll see you guys next week. See you.